welcome back everybody. I'm your host Kiki Fulton and this is a new episode of What's Good Polly. On today's episode, I'm going to discuss the presidential bid and also parental rights. Okay, it's not a secret that Marianne Williamson is running president, but the way the DNC is acting like we shouldn't have any debates, even though I believe we are still going to have debates, and maybe Joe Biden's going to be on the stage, but likely not. But it does kind of feel like Marianne Williamson's candidacy for president is like a secret. Like, they made the announcement, and then all of a sudden, she kind of went quiet. I think maybe she didn't debate. Um... But I really haven't been hearing much from her other than there's been some of her staff members have been resigning, which is not a good look in the beginning of your campaign. But what can you do about that? Not much of anything. But anyways, for those who are not familiar with Marianne Williamson, she's an author and a spiritual leader. And she is running for president on the Democratic ticket. And this would be her second time attempting to win the Democratic nomination. Her policies are pretty, I would say, isolationist. She's not, she's definitely pro-peace, anti-war. Um, but for her, in a sense, that means she doesn't feel like we should get involved in other countries' issues, and we certainly shouldn't get involved and make things worse for other countries that are going through turmoil. Um, maybe some people think that they agree with that. Maybe they don't. I am a bit more realistic and pragmatic when it comes to geopolitical um, issues, more so than when I was younger. Like in my 20s, I was definitely like anti-war for sure. There are times when I feel like war is necessary. I don't believe in war to steal people's land, steal people's resources. I don't believe in that at all. But I feel like if there are a country that is being attacked by bad actors, dictators, I feel like we should step in and protect those countries, in particular our allies. I don't think it's right for countries to just go around invading other countries. I'm always like, if can happen to them, it can happen to us, and it has happened to us in the past. And I just I just don't agree with that. I always just feel like countries should band together and take out those bad actors because you just have no business invading other people's country trying to steal their stuff. So I would be interested to know exactly what Miriam Williamson means by anti-war pro-peace type of candidate. If I had the clout, I would reach out and like ask for interview. I don't really have the clout like that, guys. I don't even think I got 10 subscribers on my YouTube page. It is what it is. Um, But Mary Winston obviously is not the only candidate that's running for um, president on the Democratic ticket or trying to win that that nomination. Of course, we have President Joe Biden, who's running for re-election, which I'm actually shocked that Joe Biden has decided to run for re-election, considering I believe he said he was going to just be a one-term president. He was going to be the president to kind of bring us back to normal after the Donald Trump 
presidency. And yes, I know some people don't think that Donald Trump was a terrible president and that is your opinion and you're entitled to it. I was not a Donald Trump supporter. I feel like he brought more chaos to the country. I think he did more bad than good. And I understand people disagree with me and I am absolutely okay with that. But please, if you come into my comment section, do not be disrespectful because um, I will block you. I just will because I, I don't have to tolerate your meanness. I, I don't. You can be mean, but I don't have to tolerate it. But anyways, I'm off track. So you've got Mary Williamson, President Joe Biden. We also have Robert Kennedy, who is a candidate I would love to support. One, if I wasn't a supporter of President Biden. But two, if he wasn't anti-vaccine. Now, I'm for questioning. I think science should be questioned. But science should be questioned with you presenting facts, not conspiracies, not speculation, not your personal feelings. It, it, everything should be evidence-based. I don't really quite understand the anti-vaccine movement. That's not where I'm at. I'm not discounting people that are at anti-vaccine. It's something I don't support. I feel like Robert F. Kennedy has done things in in his past that has harmed people when it comes to his stance on being anti-vaccine. I was listening to the Pot Save America um, podcast earlier today, and I believe they had mentioned, I don't know if it, it was a country in Africa, it might have been Somalia, where a doctor was giving out vaccines, and I guess she was did the vaccines incorrectly, or she didn't, and she ended up making, it, she was giving out vaccines to um, prevent them from getting, getting what? Syphilis, I think. Please don't quote me on this. I'm so sorry, guys, because it just popped back into my head because I was just to that episode earlier. But anyways, it was a vaccine to obviously cure of a disease or protect people from disease spreading. I guess she messed up. I don't know if she messed up with putting the vaccine together. I'm a little, that's a little iffy for me. Um, but anyways, so he kind of jumped on that bandwagon and said, see, that's why vaccines are bad because Look at how this doctor got all these these African children sick when she gave them the vaccine for syphilis. Um, it was, I think it was syphilis. Either syphilis or like the measles or something. But anyways, he kind of misinterpreted. She accidentally messed up the dose, doses. But you know, unfortunately, some things happen in the medical world. Doctors are human, like all the rest of us. Sometimes they mess up. And unfortunately, they do have tragic <laughs> outcomes when they, they F up. And that's very unfortunate that that happened. But he jumped on the bandwagon and was like, went over to Africa or that part of Africa, hide these people up to don't let your kids get vaccinated. And then I believe the disease spread like wildfire and even more children died. I have a problem with that. So I agree with what I was hearing on Pot Save America. And I think Jake Tapper, who is an anchor on CNN, he also was talking about that because he's very, very upset about Robert F. Kennedy um, harming children, basically, with, you know, misinformation. And I don't always find myself agreeing with Mr. Tapper, but on that one, I, I get it. Um, I'm just for, like, I don't like people that spread false information. So I'm not a Trump supporter. That's why I'm having a hard time with Robert F. Kennedy. I mean, I'm glad he's in the race. I support anybody that wants to put themselves out there and say, hey, America, I want to represent you as your president. Like, I think that's, that's a great thing. That's a big thing to achieve in life. And to, you know, to 
that's I don't have I've never had that dream where I want to be president because being the president sounds terrible to me. It's too much responsibility. You're responsible for millions of people's lives. No, thank you. But I am and all of people that decide to do that. Anywho, I have a problem with the anti-vaccine. I'm wondering where Marianne Williamson stands with the vaccines. I have a feeling maybe she might be leaning more towards where Kennedy is, more so than where Joe Biden is, because Joe Biden is very pro-vaccine, as long as these vaccines are safe, which most vaccines, because they study these things for 20 years plus. Just because we just recently got introduced to the COVID vaccine doesn't mean they hadn't been working on a vaccine to deal with that moment of time that happens with doctors are always thinking ahead. What could potentially happen to us that could be detrimental and how can we respond to it? They're always doing all sorts of testing because um, that's their job. They're doctors, they're scientists. But anyways, back to Marianne Williamson. Yeah, she's in the race, Kennedy's in the race, Biden's in the race. And that should all be a good thing because Marianne Williamson, you know, she is pro-peace. She is anti-crony capitalism. She's not for crony capitalism. Um, she's very pro-American. She doesn't like the status quo. She's quite disenchanted by the status quo. Um, and if you're a leftist, I feel like those are things that you support. <laughs> like you, you don't like corporations. You're not a, like Mitt Romney where corporations are people. Um, you're tired of all the rich people getting all these tax breaks and then the responsibility of trying to, to you know, fund all the different programs or entitlement programs. I actually hate the word programs that help people, keeping the government working. You know, then it falls on us regular people, poor and middle-class Americans. And we're struggling as it is with inflation because um, the prices, of groceries and gas ain't matching with the income for most of us. So I like to hear that that's something she talks about. That's why I was a big Bernie Sanders person because he also talked about these things. Williamson really supports um, of the people, for the people, by the people. We all know that. I said it backwards. Of the people, by the people, and for the people. I don't know anyone that could disagree with that, but maybe there are some people out there. Um, she is definitely, she... She has policies crafted to maximize short-term profits for billionaire donors and corporations. Like she's not, she's against those things. I meant to say that um, these profits that are benefiting more the billionaires and the corporations rather than us people that pay our actual taxes. We don't get many, too many tax breaks, do we? Especially when the Trump administration rewrote the tax system. Um, she's. She supports women's health and women's choice. She supports universal health care, um, big supporter of infrastructure, keeping things here in America, which are all great things. Um, so I can get down with that. I also like Mary Williamson because she doesn't pretend that as much as she loves America, like I love America, she doesn't pretend everything is perfect in America. And I hate people that act like America has no problems or all the problems America had are of the past are like, or we shouldn't talk about our problems. You're not a patriot if you talk bad about the things that happen in this country. Here's my thing. The ideas of America are beautiful. They're great. They're lovely. Unfortunately, humans 
in America. And humans can be very ugly and evil sometimes. And I think you should call those things out. You should call out the inequities and the inequalities in this world, the discrimination, the bigotry, the homophobia, the Islamophobia, the xenophobia. These things are not okay. Like racism is a power structure. It's meant to keep just a handful of people in power and to make another set of group feel like they have power that they don't really have. Their power is an illusion. You don't have power because of the color of your skin. <laughs> It's absolute nonsense. Um, racism is meant to divide this country. But for some reason lately, it's become this, if you talk about racism, you're the actual person dividing the country. No, I'm not. I'm the person bringing sunlight to the issues and wanting to fix them. And I appreciate Marianne Wilson because I remember the last time she ran, she talked about the inequalities that minority groups face, especially African-American groups. Um, and I like to hear that come from a person, especially a person that's not a person of color. Be like, hey, these issues that their community faces at the hands of races, oftentimes white people that engage in racism. It's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay. That power structure of racism needs to die. It needs to be dismantled. And once racism is dismantled, that's when you can truly start to say, pull yourself out by the bootstraps. If you work hard, you will achieve things in life. But it's hard to work hard. And then you also have to keep facing these barriers of racism, which is like beyond your control. I can't help I was born um, a Black woman. I can't help that. And there's nothing wrong with me being a Black woman. It's perfectly fine. It's like there's nothing wrong with being a white person. We are who we are. But anyways. I feel like a lot of her stances that Miriam Williamson has does strike a chord with a lot of people, particularly on the left and a couple of independents that, you know, independents that lead, lean to the left as well. I think people are really, really, really looking for change. That's why a lot of people were quite excited about Barack Obama's candidacy and incidency, especially during the first his first term, because people are craving change, because we we can't continue to go with this income inequality and all the other issues that exist in this world. And then you, we added COVID on top of it. My goodness. But anyways, I do think people would like her message if they got to hear her message more, but you mainly only hear about Donald Trump, Ron DeSantis, and President Biden. I mean, I expect to hear about President Biden because he's the president. But there is a lot of obsession about Donald Trump in the media. Obviously, we talk about him because he is, one, the former president of the United States, and he is running for re-elect. He, he's running to be president again. But there are all other candidates running, and we don't hear more about them. I saw that Nikki Haley got a debate, Tim Scott got a debate, Chris Christie got a debate, uh, Mike Pence got a debate, obviously Donald Trump got a debate. I want to see more of Miriam Williamson. She may have gotten a debate. And if she did get a debate, uh, I don't recall it. And that's a damn shame. Her team needs to do better about marketing her. And the media just needs to do better. I want to see her do in a, more interviews. Like Robert F. Kennedy has been getting all this attention. And that's fine. But you're supposed to, this is supposed to be equal attention. Now, so I'm disappointed in that podcast I was telling you about. Jake Chopper said he would not be interested in interviewing Robert F. Kennedy ever again. I think they do have a rocky history. Stuff about the vaccines and what happened. Um, was that Somalia? Guys, please help me out on that one. But um, when I get that, he's 
And it's feelings about children dying. That's a terrible thing. I will be in my feelings too about it. I am in my feelings about this terrible thing. If these lies just result in more children dying unnecessarily. Um, but Jack Chappell said he would never interview. And I, I don't think that's the right move, but that's his, that's his choice. Um, or he would never interview him again. I need a break, people. I need to get some water. Anyhow, I wanted to talk about the Democratic Party is basically as annoyed to Joe Biden is going to be the Democratic nominee. And we did so, therefore, there's like no need for debates. That's stupid. I mean, the DNC, the Democratic Party doesn't have to finance the debates, they don't have to host these debates. I hope the media will just, we'll, we're going to do the debate. And then it's just going to be Kenny, Mary. Marion Williamson, if there's anyone else on the Democratic side, it'd be Colonel West, even though he's running on the Green Party. And I think Biden would be missing out if he doesn't participate in these debates. I get he's busy, he's the pres president, but I feel like they can't work his schedule out. You should be on the debate. I'll never call when, was it then when President Trump was running for president, he didn't participate maybe in like the first debate or a couple. And I think that was... Not a smart move in the beginning. Obviously, he was able to make make it up, but and he became president. But still, it was just like he should have been participating in the debates. And I think the same with Biden. You should be participating in the debates. Why would you not? Just because you're the president doesn't mean it's guaranteed you're going to be president again as the nominee of the party or eventually getting reelected. I don't. I am not of the mindset that the presidency is an automatic given to you based on whatever your name is or because you served president before. No, I think each and every time you run for president in this country, you're allowed two consecutive terms. You need to earn those stripes. <laughs> you need to earn, earn those stripes. Also, voters have a right to hear from all the candidates that want to run for president. I, I kind of hate that you have to like make a qualification and basically you have to earn a certain amount of money to be able to even get on the stage. Now, I mean, I guess that kind of eliminates maybe some kooks and crazy people, but I also feel like sometimes those rules, you miss out on really good people because they they didn't have the name recognition. They didn't have the money to back them up. So we just never hear about them. And I think that's, pretty sad um but I guess that's just how politics works um I understand that the party is just like Biden's the incumbent you shouldn't have to go through this whole primary process again but we're going to have a primary <laughs> regardless the D Democrat party even changed the rules so that South Carolina is going to be first in the primary instead of uh, Ohio I mean Iowa so we're going to have a primary so Again, you might as well just participate in the damn debate. I don't understand. <laughs> like, whatever. You're just going to let Kennedy and Marion Williamson speak for themselves? Now, I recall Marion Williamson in the first couple of debates. She was really, really good. She really was. <laughs> like, so, and who knows what she has honed all these years later. Like, I, I just feel like that's dumb. You should always show your face. You should always be in the game. T-Stroll.
but also I just also feel like the, the Democratic Party shouldn't be like this is your chosen this is your chosen leader this is your person no show me all the people tell me about all the people and let me freaking decide for myself maybe I, I, I'm going to be down which I probably likely am going to be down for renominating uh Joe Biden to be to represent me in the presidential primary as a Democrat but I want to hear from other people. I want, like I said, I want to see them in debates. I want to see them in interviews. Like, I want to see them interacting with voters on the campaign trail. But I guess traditional tradition, like when your party is in the executive and you're running for re-election, I feel like they guess they're like we're not racing the resources of going through a whole election cycle. But to each their own. But another reason why I feel like. Voters on the left need to see the other options. I'm not to be ageist, but Joe Biden is 80. And yes, Donald Trump is old too. He's 77. But see, they have all these other people running just in case, God forbid, something terrible happened to Trump. God forbid something terrible happens to Biden. We need to have other options. I don't like that there's all these potential people for me, I feel like Evan Newsom, Tammy Duckworth, Kamala Harris. I mean, she's on Joe Biden's ticket as the vice president, but it's just like Stacey Abrams. Like, it's all these other candidates that are potential candidates, I think, would make good possibilities. They're not going to enter because they don't want to disrespect Joe Biden and the Democratic Party. But I uh, Terrible, God forbid something terrible happens. This man passes away or he becomes severely ill during the primary. He can't participate in the primary. Then what do we do? So it's then Kamala Harris, the anointed person. I still don't even think that's fair. Like, because there are a lot of people in the Democrat Party that don't like Kamala Harris. I think their reasons are unjustified. <laughs> I, I don't understand that. Like, I feel like they're just not prepared for the possibility of these things happening by just telling us Biden's anointed ignore this ignore the other people and or don't you even dare I know Gavin Newsom 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 is itching it's itching to run for president and yes he's still you know of young in the sense of he's not in his 80s I think he's like he's like in his 50s now is the time, Gavin Newsom. Now is the time. I know you want to be respectful, and I, I appreciate that. I don't. Now is the time with Tammy Duckworth. Oh, my gosh. She's such a lovely person. She's a veteran, and she's whip as a pistol. Oh, my. Smart. What is it? She's very smart. Let me not even use terminology with the word pistol in it. Um, I feel like Teresa from Real Housewives of New Jersey, where I can never get the sayings correct. Uh um, God bless, I like Teresa. God bless Teresa, and he can never get the sayings right. But anyways, I just feel like this is madness. When you have an 80-year-old, and you think, no, we're just going to go with him, and we're not going to let the voters look at anybody else. Excuse me. The older you get, you, we already know, the closer you're getting to the pearly gates. Obviously, you can die at any age, but come on, the older you get, getting you know your time is ticking <laughs> oh my god i also don't want to even deal i don't want to think about it he this man could live till he's 90 100 but i'm just saying you should 
the party, the establishment. What's your plan B, boo? What's your plan B? I feel like we don't have a plan B. Democrats do not know how to plot politic right. They really do not know how to do it right. They only they only know how to do it right under Kennedy, Clinton, and Obama. All the other times, crap. Crapola. Um, I don't know, guys. I don't know. And also, I don't want to just have oh, Kennedy and Mary Williamson are our options. Again, Kennedy and the anti-vaccine is not attractive to me. I know it's attractive to some other people. I think Mary Williamson has very good ideas and probably has very good policy ideas, but she doesn't have a lot of political experience. So that's a handicap for her. Like, we need candidates that have been governors and mayors and senators. Like, Yes, Joe Biden's been a decent president, but there are there's some flaws. There are some red flags, and I would like to see other alternatives to Joe Biden's record. So, I and also I think Joe Biden having actual tangible competition because I don't don't I don't think Mary Williamson and Kennedy are like viable strong competition to Biden. Biden's people forget he's he is a very smart man. He's been in politics for a very long time. He knows how to play the long game. But why do you mean in that will put his feet to the fire like Kamala Harris did that time? Y'all remember that moment in one of the debates where he was talking about he or he was trying to defend the um the bill of that made criminal where they really enhanced the um time you serve for committing crimes. Um, and, you know, his association with the criminal act bill with the Clintons, which, by the way, Republicans supported that as well. But OK. Um, you know, him always saying he, he used to work with everybody, including the segregationists um, back then, like all that stuff. And, she, and him saying, well, it really was not of a deal, whatever he said. But I just remember that moment. It's like he tried to, like, downplay his past with, like, coddling with racists and being maybe a little racist himself and Kamala called him out and said I was that little girl that had to deal with like discrimination and red zone laws and living in discriminatory neighborhoods and poverty that was me that had to deal with that as a little black girl while she's biracial you know it's just like and that really you saw Biden tense up y'all gotta go back and look at that moment he tensed up so I don't know guys I don't know I think Biden needs someone that could put keep on his toes at 80. Um, I also just don't want a repeat of 2016 where you anointed Hillary Clinton and just disregarded her likability for a lot of people, both on the left and the right. Now, I don't think Joe Biden is disliked as Hillary Clinton is, and you could say there's some sexism that plays that. That's for another conversation. I'm just saying, I just don't think it's smart. And I feel like, I hope y'all have a plan B that y'all deserve. I'm not privy to. I'm not privy to. Because, again, anything, excuse me, I mean, anything can happen. Anything can happen. And uh, I hope Joe Biden's worth the risk. I really do. I hope he's worth the risk because I don't want to live through another four years of a Donald Trump presidency or the Santa's presidency. Like, look, I could survive 
if Chris Christie were to win, I don't think he is. I actually would prefer Chris Christie or I would take a Tim Scott I would take a Nikki Haley. I don't really like these people. I like Chris Christie more than I like Tim Scott and Nikki Haley, but I have to be honest, guys, if something, God forbid, were to happen to Joe Biden, which I pray it doesn't, and I'm just love of Marion Williams. <laughs> And Kennedy, sorry, Marion Williamson. This was supposed to be like a positive thing about Marion Williamson. I really do like her. I do like her. I just don't think she has enough political experience. Um, I would, because I live in an open primary state, I would probably vote in the Republican primary and vote for Chris Christie because I want to win. I bought one. I know I said Chris Christie probably won't win, but I mean, my integrity, like for me personally, like, I don't know. I might vote for Mary once in the primary. Now that I think about it, let me give it more thought. I wouldn't vote for, I don't think I would vote for Kennedy. Not as long as he's with this anti-vaccine. He also said, said some anti-Semitic things that I'm just not, I'm not okay with at all. So I'm not, I'm rambling, but all I know is I don't want another 2016 moment. I don't. I. Don't like the idea of people being anointed to anything. I feel like you should, you should, you should earn it. I think Biden has a good record where he can say, "I have earned this reelection." Um, with the Build Back Better um, bill, he's working to protect women's rights to control their own body. This is working on the student loan debt. It's with the Supreme Court right now, so we'll see what the outcome of that is. These are things I support. Just from mentioning these things, I know other people out there may not support these things. I think he has a pretty good track record. I would like to see him. Uh, was pardoned more people and the federal si criminal system because there are just a lot of innocent people or people that just got ridiculous amounts for drugs and stuff like first of all anyone that has a marijuana and still in prison for marijuana i think it's absolutely ludicrous when the 26 states it's legal get out of here expunge all those records for people that got caught either doing marijuana or Honestly, selling marijuana unless they were selling to minors um, or just had marijuana in their possession. Like, expunge all those damn records. Let these people integrate back into society, get jobs, get registered to vote. Like, enough now. Especially when caffeine, like, caffeine's a damn drug. Alcohol is a drug. Like, with the things we pick and choose that this drug is okay, but that drug isn't okay. The pharmaceutical drugs are okay, but smoking marijuana... Yeah, that's a no-no. Oh God, I remember those. I remember those because I'm I'm older, but I remember those commercials of like the drug free drones. Just say no, just say no to drugs. I used to eat those damn infomercials. They used to show up during the after school hours. Oh my God, I always thought they were so corny. And I was like, who are you convincing? Kids are gonna do what the heck they want to do. Kids are rebellious. I never did drugs. It wasn't my thing. I don't like the idea of not having any control over myself. Um and feeling wacky and so I that's not attractive to me. But I always just thought these commercials are so corny. You just you just knew adults wrote them and that's why they were corny. You're not speaking to your actual audience that you're speaking to. But anyways that is beside the point. I'm marrying Samuel Williamson, so I'm going to change that I would never vote for her in a primary. I would not vote for her against Joe Biden, but if um, Joe Biden's not in the primary anymore, 
then I would consider her. Or I might switch to Republican and vote for Chris Christie because I really do like Chris Christie, which is shocking. I don't normally like Chris Christie, but I like that he's calling a spade a spade. And I can appreciate calling a spade a spade. It's not okay to take classified documents. It's just not. I don't care if you're a Democrat, Republican. It's not okay. This is why Hillary Clinton was in so much trouble when they found out about that email server and she got lucky. They, they didn't find no classified information on that server. I know a lot of people think she got slapped on hand. She didn't. They did a thorough investigation. She remember she had testified twice. They didn't find any classified information. So they can't slap her on the hand. Like it technically wasn't a policy about this server. I don't know. I was always confused about that policy, whatever policy existed. In. And the problem for Trump is he made the policy stricter. Like he made it very clear you don't take classified information, you don't store it on your private email servers, none of that. So you made the law, the, the rules stronger, and which was a good thing, but then you still violated them, or allegedly or possibly violated them yourself, sir. Now what? And honestly, they gave him time to return those documents, and he kept playing around, and this is why now he is indicted for the second dad on time in his lifetime. He bought it on himself. He's gonna have to. He doesn't have to deal with this lawsuit. I'm this indictment. I'm sorry. I don't feel sorry for him. I didn't feel sorry for Hillary Clinton when she had to go through it. Because average people that misuse, misplace, classified documents, they get thrown into federal prison quick, pretty quickly too. They don't get a year and a half to return the stuff. They don't get people begging them to return it. No. They find you with stuff you're not supposed to have outside of the proper secure premises. You're getting in trouble. Point blank, period, you're getting in trouble. I don't believe in special privilege just, just because you're rich or you used to be the president. I don't care. The law is the law is the law. You don't like the law, change the law. You don't like the rules, change the rules. But if you violate the rules, there should be consequences. Period. Um, I then rambled on. I'm like, damn, 30 minutes? Oh my God, guy. I think I like this stuff because I try to do like writing out scripts and I feel too stiff. I feel like I'm not looking in the camera properly. This is me relax, me doing the research first and then just talking about it. I hope y'all agree. I'd like to hear your thoughts about Marianne Williamson, Robert F. Kennedy. Could you see yourself supporting them? Or are you a Joe Biden person? Are you a Republican? Leave a comment below and also don't forget to subscribe. Hit the notification button so that I can gather some attention to my page. I'm tired of looking at these nine or 10 subscribers that I have. I love y'all, but I like to get my numbers up, people. I like to get my numbers up. Um, keep things respectful. And I am Kiki Fulton, because I don't think I said that in the beginning. And this is What's a Good Polly. Until next time. In the midst of a heated political campaign, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie made a bold statement about the rights of parents when it comes to caring for their transgender-identifying children. His position, although not universally embraced, holds a critical truth that cannot be ignored. Parents are the primary caregivers and decision-makers for their children, and their involvement should be paramount in guiding their child through the complexities of gender identity.
Governor Christie rightly asserts that the government should never overstep its boundaries and intervene in a parent's responsibility to support and guide their child. No one understands a child's needs and well-being better than their own parents who are best positioned to navigate the often confusing, challenging journey of gender identity. It is essential to recognize the importance of parental judgment in these sensitive matters. Unfortunately, some of Chris Christie's Republican counterparts have taken a different authoritarian approach to parental rights regarding transgender children. Former President Donald Trump, for instance, proposed a series of policies aimed at prohibiting medical care for transgender individuals. His aggressive stance even extended to attempting to ban transgender individuals from serving in the military. Fortunately, the Biden administration has since overturned this discriminatory policy. Similarly, former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley voiced opposition to taxpayer-funded medical care for transgender individuals. While concerns about the allocation of taxpayer dollars are valid, it is important to note that funding health care services for transgender individuals should not be seen as an undue burden. After all, our taxes already support numerous initiatives that benefit privileged sections of society while neglecting the needs of the marginalized communities such as providing tax breaks for the wealthy and funding schools that discriminate against children with disabilities. Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida has even gone as far as signing a bill that bans transgender children from receiving gender-affirming care. This move not only demonstrates a lack of respect for the expertise of medical professionals, but also an alarming disregard for the rights of parents to make decisions in the best interest of their children. Parental rights should not be arbitrarily restricted simply because certain choices do not align with the beliefs of those in power. According to The Hill, a concerning number of states have passed legislation heavily restricting or outright banning gender-affirming health care for gender minors with a significant surge in such laws this year alone. In, the, in this climate, it is crucial to recognize leaders who have consistently advocated for the rights and well-being of transgender individuals. Governor Christie, along with former Arkansas Governor H.A. Hutchinson, who shared Christie's commitment to protecting the rights of transgender children and individuals during their respective tenures, stand on the right side of history. True freedom encompasses respecting differences and acknowledging disagreements without resorting to banning or erasing what one does not agree with. While Christie's stance may not necessarily win him widespread support within his own party, it is capturing the attention of progressives and independent voters who value freedom and parental rights. In the end, we must remember that the love and care parents have for their children are unparalleled. They possess unique insights into their child's well-being and should play a crucial role in decisions regarding their child's gender identity. It is high time we prioritize parents' rights, support families, and embrace inclusivity rather than succumbing to visit policies that undermine the very fabric of our society. In the midst of a heated political campaign, New Jersey governor made a bold statement about the rights of parents. Oh, just repeat it all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of What's Good, Polly. I am your host, Kiki Fultzam. See you later. That is all for What's Good Polly. Thank you for tuning in. Please like, subscribe, and leave a comment. 
it helps me to get some attention for my podcast, which right now I'm barely getting any attention. It's pretty pathetic, but it's fine. This is, I'm starting over again and it's like the first time and I'm still trying to figure out a lot in particular the audio situation. It's it's frustrating me trying to do the audio version of the podcast and video version of the podcast. It's just a lot, but I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to get through it like I always do. Stop being so hard on myself and letting my anxiety always rule the day. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode and have enjoyed the past episodes. Um, I appreciate you being patient with me as I navigate this podcasting and not influencer YouTubing world. It doesn't come easy for me. I'm a more behind the scenes person. So putting myself in front is not easy, but I'm going to try because much as I love writing political commentary, it got exhausting. (laughs) One, always soliciting to try to get published to pretty much never getting paid for it. Although I am going to at some point venture back into my political commentary. Plus, I think it's just in general good to have a hobby and something to do outside of my work, especially as now I'm navigating a, a new position in my professional career that's outside of my political commentary. So, yes, I'm just on to trying a bunch of new things they're challenging but I'm excited I am but I have to say this whole technical technology stuff to try to do the YouTubing and the podcasting it does not come easy for me I wish I could afford a producer and an editor but I'm not there yet that's fine but if you like subscribe and leave comments as I gather more followers and listeners <laughs> I start to get ads which generates money which means I can extend the team beyond me so yeah and I also think I'm kind of getting sick my voice is going out <clears throat> but it's whatever there is one thing I really want to talk about I'm trying to decide if I should go about doing my podcast in a, like a more freestyle and when I mean freestyle, like I still do like all my research and gather my information and then I just kind of talk freely about it or if I should do it more scripted. I feel like right now I've done the more scripted and I'm struggling with, with the scripted version because well, I'm always like trying to read the teleprompter and I'm like, I am reading the words, but I'm not really looking at the camera, which means I'm not looking at the audience. But on the flip side is when I go freestyle, I get sidetracked and hence why you end up with a segment that's 34 minutes and 28 seconds. Like you see a scripted and it's four minutes and seven seconds. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to figure stuff out, guys. But look, see, freestyling and rambling. Anyways, I hope everyone has a good night or good day wherever you are. Again, please like, subscribe, leave comments. And I appreciate you listening in. I am also going to start working on my Substack newsletter that I have neglected. It is called Too Salty. I'm going to try to get stuff back on there again. And then I think in my next episode, I want to talk to you guys about the chat GPT. I find that to be very interesting. I have been using it to help me with my scripts. Like I do initially write my scripts, but then I ask GPT to give me like title ideas, hashtags, or help me rewrite 
you know, my script. And I think that's all fine and dandy. But some may disagree with me. I can see how as a professional writer, editor, or copier, I would be very concerned about chat GPT taking your job from you. I'd also be concerned like if you're a teacher or professor and you're reading papers, like wondering, did you really write this paper? Did you use chat GPT? Anyways, I'm gonna try to dis- I'm gonna definitely discuss that in my next episode, which I hope to drop in the next couple of days. <clears throat> but and also some political things. We'll see where the political winds take us. There's always just so much stuff going on. I know I didn't talk about the submarine tragedy that happened recently, but I just feel like it's been exhausted enough in conversations, and I don't really want to talk about it because I find it to be very sad. On top of the fact that a bunch of like over 700 immigrants recently drowned in Greece and the media barely cared about it but they spent so much time talking about the submarine tragedy and I just feel like I need the media to get better at balancing stories and not being so obsessed over one thing or anything that just involves like the rich people and just obsessing about that like you can discuss a variety of different things <laughs> like maybe I'll dive into that more so I'll think about that but look again I'm rambling I should have called my podcast rambler (laughs) miss rambo miss ramble or something like that anywho you guys take care of yourself until next time bye